What up, what up, what up? Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of As Brock's Bengals Thoughts, presented to you by Impact Sports Cincinnati. As always, Impact Sports Cincinnati is brought to you by Darkhawk Nutrition. Darkhawk Nutrition is the next evolution in sports supplements. Their pre-workout, protein, creatine, and other products are produced in FDA-approved facilities, third-party tested for quality, and are guaranteed clean. So you make sure you use the code IMPACT for 15% off of your entire selection at darkhawknutrition.com. That's code IMPACT for 15% off of your entire order at darkhawknutrition.com. Well, we are back this week after an absolutely frustrating uh, podcasting week for me last week as the combo episode looking at weeks three and four, the Jets and Dolphins victories, that episode did not record. Only recorded seven minutes of that, and then next thing you know, we are dead air. Very frustrating, but we are back now for this episode here where we are going to take a look at the Bengals' 19-17 loss on Sunday night football to the Baltimore Ravens on a beautiful night in Baltimore, Maryland in front of 70,548 at M&T Bank Stadium. Again, Bengals fall 19-17 in a game that was incredibly frustrating because this team had basically a a mini-buy going into it. They played Thursday night football where they got the 27-15 victory over the Miami Dolphins. You had that week off, and then you go the following week to where you have a Sunday night game. You have the late game on Sunday night. Effectively giving you a week and a half of preparation going into this football game. And what happens? <clears throat> the first play of the game was, you know, pretty promising. You go, uh, I want to say it was 11 yards, and you're thinking, okay, 11-yard play, first play, first down, here we go. Then you go three and out after that. You punt. The next drive, you go three and out. Three plays, negative 10 yards. You end up punting. So two play or two drives, two punts. Next drive, three and out, three plays, seven yards, punt. Next drive, three plays, eight yards, punt. So your first four drives of this of this game, after a, a mini buy, you go three and out, three and out, three and out, and three and out. Four drives, four three and outs. Well, three. Three three and outs and then a four and out. That is incredibly frustrating for this football team. You're two and two going against the Baltimore Ravens, who on their first drive ended up going 10 plays, 51 yards, and ended in a field goal. Then you force Baltimore to punt. You end up punting. They go seven plays, 50 yards. And... They get a touchdown. So there you're down you're down 10 nothing right from the get-go. 37-yard field goal from Justin Tucker to get the scoring going. 
And then Mark Andrews, an 11-yard touchdown pass from Lamar Jackson. You're down 10-0. Bengals then go on a seven-play, 83-yard drive that culminated in a Joe Burrow to Hayden Hurst 19-yard touchdown pass. Get the Bengals right back in it. Then, Bengals kick off, or basically get the ball back on a punt, and then give the um, they give the ball back after a um, a forty yard field goal from Evan McPherson to end the half. You go in ten ten at the half. Okay, not too bad, not too bad at all. So you force two. You forced, you know, you forced, you forced Baltimore into giving, you know, giving up the ball, and the Bengals end up with two scoring drives to wrap up the half. Now, again, gladly take that. Gladly take that. Lamar Jackson threw an interception to Von Bell. And the Bengals took that, and they ended up scoring on that. That's the seven-play 88-yard drive that they went on and scored a touchdown. So, the Bengals, on the flip side of that in the third quarter... Give up the ball on an interception on a Joe Burrow pass to Jamar Chase where he tried to force it in there and Patrick Queen picked it. And therefore, Baltimore goes down and they get a field goal. That is how you do it. In terms of outscoring your opponent on the on the takeaways, because after the interception, the Bengals went on that seven play eighty eight yard drive that took four fifty four off the clock, and they got a touchdown out of it. Now Baltimore only went four plays six yards. In a minute and 35 and end up with a Justin Tucker 58-yard field goal. But that one gave them the lead. And then the fourth quarter, they went on a drive that ultimately was one of the most frustrating one of the most frustrating drives you're going to see here from the Cincinnati Bengals. Because The Cincinnati Bengals have this drive. They are down 13 to 10 now. They go a run. Joe Mixon for four yards on the first play. A pass to Hayden Hurst on the next play for eight yards. Takes you up to the 37. First and 10, you end up getting a one-yard run. Then you get a pass to 
Tyler Boyd for six yards on third and three. He goes deep to Jamar Chase. You get a penalty on Marcus Peters. It was spot foul. So it's a, like I said, pass interference on Marcus Peters. Takes all the way up to the Cincinnati 44. First down, Joe Mixon. A short uh, pass to, um, like I said, uh, Mixon from Joe Burrow. Four-yard pass. Takes it to the Baltimore 38. Then you get pass. So you go anyway from the Cincinnati 44, and then you get the 18-yard penalty. takes all the way down to the Baltimore 38. You go a 10-yard run, taking it down to the Baltimore 24. Pass incomplete to Jamar Chase. Then you get a rush by Samaj P. Ryan for four yards. Joe Burrow pass to Samaj P. Ryan for um, for seven yards on a third and six. First down anyway, but it was a, there was a hand in the penalty for illegal use of hands on Marcus Peters. That penalty was declined. Bengals have the ball at the 13-yard line now. First and 10. Pass to Jamar Chase, incomplete. Or not incomplete, but it was a loss of one. Pass to Hayden Hurst, out of bounds for six yards, takes it down to the eight. Another pass to Hayden Hurst, pass interference on Kyle Hamilton. It was a great call. Kyle Hamilton was all over him. So you get first and goal at the two-yard line. Incomplete pass to Hayden Hurst out on the left. I was fine with that. First and goal to two, you go. That's fine. Perfectly fine. No big deal. Incomplete. You're taking the shot. This is where it goes off the rails right here. You try to get cute with the Philly special play. Double reverse pass Tyler Boyd to Joe Burrow. Well, here's the thing. Baltimore had that sniffed out and... They end up sacking Tyler Board for a 12-yard loss. So instead of having third and goal, and I'm not going to put this on Tyler Boyd where he should have thrown it away. Should he have thrown it away? Yes, he should have. Tyler Boyd's not a quarterback. He doesn't have the quick reaction time to throw that away. As soon as he gets the ball, you know, Marcus Peters is right there to blow him up. Four, or a 12-yard loss all the way back to the 14. It is what it is. Stupid play call. I don't get that. Why you got to be too freaking cute there? I don't understand it. Third and goal at the 14. Pass over the middle to Jamar Chase. Takes it 12 yards to the two-yard line again. So at this point, it is 13 to 10, Baltimore. With 3.32 to go. Perfectly fine with this. Instead of taking the points to tie it, the Bengals choose to go for it at the two-yard line. The way your defense had been playing, I'm perfectly fine with this. So there's 248 to go. Well, at this point in time, you have fourth and two with 248 to go in the third quarter. 
Again, perfectly okay with going for it there. What I'm not okay with is a shovel pass to Stanley Morgan that falls incomplete. What are you doing? Why in the hell do you go shovel pass here? Why? Makes no sense. I don't understand it. No reason to go shovel pass there. Try running the football. At this point in time, you had done a pretty damn good job at running the football with Joe Mixon. Okay, yeah, it's going to be clogged up. Maybe run something. Not that. Not a shovel pass. Now, Zach Taylor came out and said that they what they saw on film they liked and they thought they could pull it off. Come on now. No. No, no, no. That ain't it, my man. That ain't it. You give Baltimore the ball at the two-yard line, first and ten. Again, I was fine with going for it. But if you'd have told me that that was going to be the play call on fourth down, I'd have said, hell, take the points. Because that ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. Plain and simple. Again, go for it if it's a different play call. That's not it. Shovel pass ain't it right there, folks. Hindsight 2020, you should have taken the points because you're going to do that stupid play call. Baltimore proceeds to go on this incredible drive to make it 16-10 where they go 15 plays and end up going 91 total yards. Culminated in a Justin Tucker 25-yard field goal to make it a 16-10 lead. Took eight minutes and three seconds off the clock. Again, I'm fine with going for it there in that situation because of the way the defense has played football in this game against Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson did not have a good game. Lamar ended up 19 of 32 for 174 yards. He was sacked once, had a touchdown and an interception. He ran 12 yard or 12 times for 58 yards. That was it. That's all you had from Lamar Jackson in this game. Under Lou Anaruma, the Bengals have done a relatively good job against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens offense. You held this team to one touchdown? One touchdown in this game. And four field goals. Unfortunately, you're facing the best kicker in the league in Justin Tucker. But again, a 15-play, 91-yard drive. And that was it. That was the only drive, or they had one more drive after that to end this game. The Bengals then, down 16-10... to Go on a 13-play, 70-yard drive. This is the one that ended in the touchdown. That was the one Joe Burrow snuck in for a touchdown. With two minutes to go, the Bengals are up 17-16. to Now, I'm not going to lie to you. 
when Baltimore got the ball back with one minute and 58 seconds left, I didn't have a good feeling about it. Because for some reason, they just could not stop Lamar Jackson when it mattered most. Because the first play was a seven-yard pass to to Mark Andrews. Got him to the 37-yard drive. Or, geez, 30. Gee, what am I talking about? Seven-yard pass from Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews to the Baltimore 32-yard line. God only knows. I swear I've been drinking today. No huddle. Eight-yard pass to Mark Andrews again. First down up to the 40-yard line. Then I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Lamar Jackson scrambles up the middle to the 45-yard line. The Bengals had too many men on the field. It was enforced. Took him up to the 40. Lamar Jackson up the middle. Runs it up to the Cincinnati 36 on a 19-yard run. That was the dagger right there. That's when, because if the Bengals were able to force them to punt, which the Bengals had done a good job. They had forced, uh, let's see here. Bengals had forced two punts and, let's see here, two punts. Uh, for, uh, let's see, they got the ball back in an interception at the end of the half and then also on downs. Other than that, four field goals and, and a touchdown. That was it. But this ended up being a seven-play, 45-yard drive with five penalty yards. So it was a seven-play, 50-yard net drive for the Ravens, which ended up with three first downs, taking it down to the Cincinnati 25-yard line. That cannot happen in that point in time. But it did, and Justin Tucker nails a 43-yard field goal, and that was it. Game, set, match. And the Cincinnati Bengals ultimately fall 19-17 in a huge division game against the Baltimore Ravens. So, what do we have to say about this? Now, I had called last year, I believe it was last year, for, there might have been the uh, two years ago, for Zach Taylor to give up the play calling. I'm firmly back on that train. The Cincinnati Bengals last year won football games despite or in spite of Zach Taylor. Cincinnati Bengals made it to the Super Bowl in spite of Zach Taylor and his play calling. They won because of talent alone. Plain and simple. Now, Zach Taylor has come out and said um, earlier that, you know, it's a collaborative effort and everyone's on the headset. But again, I call BS on that because I know how that works. I know in situations like that where, you know, Zach Taylor ultimately is having, yeah, he might get some feedback, but he ain't getting or he ain't getting much. I can tell you that right now. He's the one ultimately making the, the final decision, the play call on that and how it works. And that ain't working. Now, people are calling for Zach Taylor's head as the head coach. 
And I said it before, I, I said it on Twitter earlier this week, you're a dumbass if you're calling for Zach Taylor's job. Now, it's okay to call for Zach Taylor to be removed as the play caller. Thousand percent fine with that. Zach Taylor is the perfect head coach for this football team. I repeat, Zach Taylor is the perfect head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. Zach Taylor is not the right play caller for the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Plain and simple. And that's okay. Zach Taylor, while at UC went, they had a, they went 13 straight quarters without scoring a touchdown. That's with Zach Taylor as the play caller at the University of Cincinnati under Tommy Tuberville. That's what you get from Zach Taylor. He's not the offensive coordinator. Guys, he's not the offensive coordinator. That needs to switch out. That needs to be flipped. Let Brian Callahan call plays. Because what we're doing now isn't working. The most frustrating part is this team right now is 2-3. and three. They're 0-2 in the AFC North with losses to Pittsburgh and Baltimore. This team should be 5-0. and Or at the very worst, 4-1. and This is a 5-0 and football team. But they've shot themselves in the foot with a grenade launcher in three of those games, and it's cost them. You lose in overtime to the Pittsburgh Steelers that, my God, if you have yourself even a... I mean, a, a, a long snapper, a backup long snapper who can, you know, function properly. And again, I'm not blaming Mitchell Wilcox on that. Poor guy was thrust into a bad situation. Then you lose to Dallas again? Just like you did the week before on the, at the gun? But you rebound and go 1-2 and two with a 27-12 victory over the Jets? And then you follow it up with a, another a primetime night game against the Miami Dolphins and you come away with a 27-15 win. And then on a mini-bye, you come away with that performance to start off. Four punts, three of those, three and outs. One of those, a four and out. After a mini-bye? That is inexcusable. That is the problem we are having here. This team's not starting fast at all. That's where the problem lies. And that's on Zach Taylor as the supposed play caller here. You can't get too freaking cute and try the Philly special on second and goal at the two-yard line. No! And then on fourth and goal at the two, you're going to try a shovel pass? No! These are the things that simply cannot happen. And it's this kind of crap here that's holding this team back. Zach Taylor, as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, is not holding back the Cincinnati Bengals. Zach Taylor, as the offensive coordinator and play caller, is holding back the 2022 Cincinnati Bengals. Last year, this team won... 
in spite of Zach Taylor being the play caller. They won on talent alone. Now the NFL has adjusted to the Cincinnati Bengals offense. The offensive line continues to get better. And they're just going to continue to get better as the season goes on. They weren't by any means amazing, but they weren't Pittsburgh bad in week one or Dallas bad in week two. But now, I was saying it before, if things don't change, this team maybe will win three or four more games the rest of the season. They've got 12 games left right now. They may win three or four of those games if things don't change. Because unless we see something different, this team's not beating New Orleans this weekend. New Orleans at 2-3, and three, same record as the Bengals, is a lot better than their record shows. Do they beat Atlanta? Yes. They beat Carolina, I would say so. They lose both to Cleveland. They might be, they sh- well, they should beat Pittsburgh. Tennessee, I would say, is a loss. Kansas City would be a loss. Tampa's a loss. New England, most likely a loss. Buffalo and Baltimore are losses. That's if things don't change, folks. The Cincinnati Bengals are a good football team. Don't get me wrong. But if things don't change offensively, we're not going to see that. It's going to be a frustrating remainder of this 2022-2023 season. I don't think it's going to be that bad. I don't. Again, this has, you know, this team has a lot of talent. But again, if things don't change, it could get ugly before it gets better. That's the problem that we want to avoid here in Cincinnati. But again, the Cincinnati Bengals have won despite of Zach Taylor as the play caller for this football team. That's the that's the key part in all of this. But if things change, if we see a change, even if Zach Taylor is still the play caller going forward, he has to stop being so damn vanilla. That is the issue we're seeing here. It's become very predictable. Again, I love the aggressiveness in some of these situations. But when you're trying sweeps on fourth down that go to the outside and you can't get squat or you try a fourth down and goal, shovel pass, or you try a Philly special at the two-yard line on second and goal and you lose 12. Those four examples that I, I, that I just mentioned, two of those um, sweeps out, and then you know none of those plays were destined to be you know, successful at all. None of those plays were destined to be successful. That's where the problem lies. Again, very vanilla. We can't have that. Otherwise, this Bengals team is going nowhere. They're two and three. 
to me, this this division is still a two-horse race. Right now, Cleveland is a better football team than the Cincinnati Bengals because of the way the offense is, is playing right now. I would say Cleveland beats them twice as of right now. If things change, then it definitely becomes a two-horse race between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Because Pittsburgh ain't going anywhere. Pittsburgh is flat-out awful. Now, the downfall to that is your first two games of the season were losses to Mitchell Trubisky and Cooper Rush. Those are two games that I pray do not come back and bite this team in the ass. Because if they do, that's going to suck. It's going to really suck. And with that being the case, this team ain't making the playoffs. Now, going into this season, I did say two things. I said, one, this team could either make it back to the Super Bowl or they could miss the playoffs entirely you know, as, as an option there. Because the AFC has gotten that much better. But has it really? Denver supposedly got better. They're brutal. Really, there's the Kansas City Chiefs are the, are the cream of the crop. And the Buffalo Bills. But Buffalo is so ravaged with injury right now that God only knows what you're going to get from them. And then Baltimore's looked spectacular in like seven quarters total, but then the rest of it, they haven't looked that good. Lamar Jackson in this game missed two over, he overthrew two guys, two sure touchdowns, missed both of them on overthrows. One of those was a fourth down. Because Lamar didn't have a good game. And the Bengals should have punished them for that, but they didn't. Because they shot themselves in the foot. Again, because they went for it on fourth down is not the reason they lost this football game, folks. It's not. Because if you get a touchdown there, or even a field goal, the, the entire game plan changes for Baltimore in the way they run it. The way they run their offensive approach from there on out is what I meant. So just because we didn't get it there doesn't mean we, you know, we still win that football game. Because kicking the field goal there, if you take the points, okay, yeah, it would have been 20 and 19. But that changes everything, though. Baltimore's not approaching the game like they did by not making it. It's a different offensive mindset at that point in time. So just because just because the Bengals didn't take the points there is not the reason they lost that game. Like I said, the entire landscape of that game changes offensively for both teams from there on out. Got to remember that. Just because they didn't take the points doesn't mean they win that football game still. But this is a football team defensively who has yet to give up a touchdown in the second half. All season long. While it hasn't been pretty all year, the Bengals' defense has played 5-0 football. The Cincinnati Bengals' defense has played 5-0 football all season long.
and have yet to give a touchdown up in the second half. This team should be 5-0 and and at very worst 4-1. and That's the frustrating part. Now we will see at 1 o'clock on Sunday if the Bengals can rebound against the New Orleans Saints down in Louisiana, in Baton Rouge. Not in Baton Rouge, New Orleans. What the hell am I talking about? I swear it's been a long, long day already. I was thinking of LSU and those players because Burrow, Chase, and all those guys are coming back to the Superdome, and obviously LSU is in Baton Rouge. And they're coming. It's basically a homecoming for those guys. That's what I was thinking of. I'm out of my mind. They're playing the New Orleans Saints. But again, you hope the first two games of this season and even this game here against the Baltimore Ravens don't come back and bite you in the ass. This team wasn't going undefeated. We knew that. You just hope the first two games of the season don't come back and bite you. It's time for a rebound this week against the New Orleans Saints at 1 o'clock on Sunday. That's what we're looking for here. If we get that, the Cincinnati Bengals will be 3-3 three and three next, time when I, next time I'm talking to you. And I'll be recapping the victory, which will feel really damn good. So that's going to wrap it up here for this episode of Asbrock's Bengals Thoughts. Again, thank you guys as always for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on the website at www.iscincy.com. That is iscincy.com. High school rankings will be coming up here. Uh, Also, a college football preview I believe I'm working on right now for this weekend will be coming up as well. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at IamChrisAsbrock and at ISCincy. And make sure you follow us on there, follow the website, and again, get the word out here about Asbrock's Bengals Thoughts and other podcasts here. And as always, ISC is brought to you by Darkhawk Nutrition. Dark Hawk Nutrition is the next evolution in sports supplements. Their pre-workout, protein, creatine, and other products are produced in FDA-approved facilities, third-party tested for quality, and are guaranteed clean. So use code IMPACT for 15% off of your entire selection at darkhawknutrition.com. That is code IMPACT for 15% off of your entire selection at darkhawknutrition.com. Thank you guys so much. And we will be back, so make sure you stay tuned as we'll be back next week to discuss the New Orleans Saints and Cincinnati Bengals game. Take care, everyone.